0: All right, time now to go to Vegas. Bring in our guy Tim Murray from Beeson. Uh and of course you can hear him tonight starting at six o'clock. He uh, will be on the airwaves talking all things. I'm sure championship weekend, some college basketball as well. Uh, Tim, uh, thanks for joining us. And boy, just running out of time for football bets here. Unless you're, I don't know, are you going to be in on the UFL bets? I guess uh, no, hard okay. pass, uh, <laughs> hard pass on the on the UFL. But the, I mean, look. Hey, man,
1: to each their own. There are people who out out there who uh, have a strong handicapping uh, angle on those. I have a, a little bit of a – I kind of have to watch when I'm betting. Um, so did that make sure. me watch a UMass Lowell basketball game last night? Uh-oh. It did, uh, which was a losing bet, sadly. But um, I, I just – I don't know. I mean, if you want to bet the UFL in the spring, God bless you.
0: No thanks for me. Uh, well, good. All right, so <laughs> – Let's start with the AFC. Um, the Ravens, yes, the favorites here in this game, and you know the Chiefs, of course. Hard to believe that they're underdogs, but this is where they are once again for a second consecutive week. But Baltimore has been so good in the big spots this year, especially against better competition. Four is the spread. What are you? What are you seeing? It is it four, four and a half range, or is it just pretty much sticking at four? Where, pretty where you- much. Pretty much four. Uh, There's a three and a
1: half out there. It's been on a steady move towards Baltimore Mm -hmm. most of the week. Uh, Some shops opened up as low as three uh, when these uh, when this game was uh, officially uh, come to fruition last Sunday. That was quickly scooped to three and a half where it stood most of the week. And now you've started to see uh, more Baltimore support as this uh, as this game can or as we get closer to this game, as I should say. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, as you alluded to, 11 wins this year. Over teams with a winning record, um, I think it's nine wins of, of double digits of or more against teams with a winning record. Um, you know, this is a Baltimore team, man. That uh, they're just they're the real deal. Um, you know, and, and I guess that's kind of not that crazy to say considering there's only four teams remaining. But look, on the other side, Kansas City, they have the great equalizer. That is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever walked to to walk the planet Earth. I mean, he's unbelievable. Uh, he's eight and three straight up in his career as an underdog Scott I believe it's nine one and one ATS as an underdog five and0 ats when a dog of three or more points so you know all of those trends working in Kansas City's favor here but I I, I really like Baltimore in this spot um, you know I don't I'm not crazy about laying the four um, but I think Baltimore wins if you want to get a little creative. Uh, if you want to pair them with, with San Francisco and a money line Parlay, which is kind of in that minus 108 range, so kind of in your standard juice type of place. But I, I like Baltimore. I would lean towards the under in this game uh, because I think the Baltimore defense is going to be able to, you know, slow down Kansas City. And let's not, you know, in the postseason, they've looked a little bit like a, a different team. But, you know, Miami, Scott was banged up defensively. Buffalo was banged up defensively, and I think Kansas City reaped the benefits of that. This is a team that, for the most part, this year has had struggles scoring on the regular. Uh, you know, 14 points in a loss to the Raiders, uh, 17 points in that loss uh, on Sunday Night Football to the Bills. They lost, uh, you know, the game to the Packers with 19 points. So, this is a team that kind of had a hard time getting it going offensively. They were more of, uh, you know, more of a, a squad that relied on this defense, which is crazy to say, but I like the Ravens in this spot. I think they, they take care of business. Uh, I guess at this point, I guess I would lay the four. Uh, I would probably look at a little you know more creative way to get involved, but uh, lean towards the under, but I do think the Ravens take care of business, and I'm going against the trend of, of Patrick Mahomes as an underdog where clearly he has thrived. He was an underdog in the Super Bowl. He was an underdog last week. Uh, of course, they won both of those games, but uh, I, think, I do think that the uh, Baltimore Ravens win.
0: All right, uh, Tim Murray, primetime host on Veasan from six to nine Eastern, with us here, Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line. So you said under and the Ravens. All right, so in terms of the NFC title game, the six thirty kickoff out in Santa Clara, what what are you seeing there?
1: Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one where you look at. I would think a lot of people out there believe that. The Detroit Lions are going to not only cover, but maybe even win this game outright. Um, you know, DraftKings reported earlier today that 68% of the bets that they have gotten on the money line in this game are on the Lions, and then 70% of spread bets are on the Lions as well. And I think when you look at a touchdown point spread, you look at how these two games, how these two teams, Scott played last week, where uh, Detroit. Wins thirty one to twenty three gets the cover, um, albeit with uh, without a little controversy from yours truly. Hoping that maybe we get a pass interference on that two point conversion, um, <laughs> and then more more sp- really the the one that I think more people were were keyed in on was San Francisco and the struggles that they had. Um, I think if you watch that game intently you would think that green bay was the better team the majority of the night and i wouldn't disagree i think there were some fortunate breaks that happened for the niners a couple drop picks uh that went their way and then you added another little uh, uh, wrinkle to the fire which is debo samuel is questionable you know to play in this game so all of that i just i think san francisco is the better team um you know and 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 it feels a little bit like a public dog now I'll be honest as a football fan I would love to see Detroit in the Super Bowl. I think it would be great. Mm-hmm. I think you know this town uh if Detroit were here it would be phenomenal all week. Not only hey, look, it's Super Bowl week it'll be fun no matter what uh in a couple weeks out here but if Detroit were to make their first ever Super Bowl out here in Las Vegas it would be just absolutely mayhem. Uh I was I was quietly hoping for Buffalo Detroit just because just to see the scene sure. of what it would be uh, obviously that's not gonna happen no. anymore um but I, I think San Francisco's just just the better team Scott but the Debo Samuel injury does that one spooks me a little bit sure. but if you I'll say this when you look at the point spread right and what I just told you regarding the betting splits early on the action early on People want to bet Detroit. People want to take the points. People like the story of the Detroit Lions. They also, I think there's part of people who believe that San Francisco, are they a bit fraudulent, right? Sure. We saw them on Christmas night. What happened? They got their butts kicked by the Baltimore Ravens, right? We saw them last Saturday night. What happened? They were fortunate to beat the Green Bay Packers. Brock Purdy looked, you know, as people will remind you, nonstop. He was the seventh round pick. He was the last pick of the NFL draft. All of that's kind of concocted here to give this belief that Detroit can pull this game off. So, I, I believe San Francisco will win. So, once again, what what I'm gonna do, and uh, you know, maybe it's a little square, but I'm gonna put the two favorites together. We're gonna take Baltimore. We're gonna take San Francisco. Just to win, put them together. It's like minus 108 or something like that on the money line uh, for a money line parlay. But I think we get San Francisco and Baltimore here in Las Vegas. I think that's the matchup come Sunday night. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how this all plays out. But, uh, you know, Detroit's been a great story. And obviously, I think a lot of people listening in are, are curious to watch this Detroit team because it seems more than likely that the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions will be the next head coach of the Commanders.
0: Yeah, it does. And, and really, if your commander's fan maybe party of you too, just wants them to lose so he can get hired yeah. and then yeah. you can start put the staff together because I, seriously i mean you're watching these other teams like move forward with coordinator uh interviews and all this stuff and you, you just have to wonder too if it really is a foregone conclusion that it's johnson maybe they've already he's already started reaching out to people right and saying, hey just just hold on you know and, and people here has his staff in mind and they're already doing that maybe that's what adam peters is doing right now but anyway not I think exactly. I think if I had
1: to speak for Commander fans, I would think that they 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 would uh, they would agree with your sentiment. Lose like forty two to thirty eight, uh, right. and it just be the defense's fault that Detroit doesn't win. So the offense looks great. You hire him yeah. on Monday, Tuesday, whenever you get the press conference, and then yeah, you get to work. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly feels like it's a. Uh, A foregone conclusion right now, even though what the commanders did interview Dan Quinn yesterday. Well, no, they're supposed
0: to interview him next week again. Okay, is that what it is? All right, but I got a feeling maybe that's going to end up being like this hey, Jim Harbaugh's going back to Atlanta for a second interview, and then tonight we're going to find out Dan Quinn's the new coach of the Seahawks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, (laughs) or or by Sunday, who knows? But uh, all right, so Tim, do you have? I know last week you dropped this a college basketball one on the way out, and you you nailed it. Was it the Hoyas or something to cover? I think you nailed that.
1: Uh yeah, we had a good weekend last weekend. I'll give you one for tonight. Um, I th-
0: I think this is a uh,
1: an interesting spot for Michigan State. So we got a Big Ten game tonight. Light light slate this evening. Yeah. Uh, some you know uh, a couple spots that I've circled for Saturday. But I'll give you one for tonight. Some more instant gratification. Um, Michigan State on the road at Wisconsin. Uh, they're catching three, and you know Wisconsin already took care of business against Michigan State. They went to East Lansing in December and uh and they beat up on the Spartans pretty good. Um you know, we're at that point where you know, you got to start winning games for your resume. You're we're in late January, Wisconsin is uh, you know, uh, one of the better teams in the Big Ten. You could argue maybe they are the best team in the Big Ten. But I think Michigan State keeps this thing close tonight. I think Izzo is going to exact a little bit of revenge. I felt like that Michigan State team back in the early part of the year. Remember, they opened the season with the loss to James Madison. Uh, they, they were not playing very good basketball early on in the year. I mean, there was a moment in time. Uh, where Michigan State was 4-5 and uh, at 0-2 yeah. in conference play. So I think Michigan State keeps it close tonight, um, and uh, I, I like the Spartans plus the three at Wisconsin. So we're going to take a road team, which I, I like to play a lot of home teams. So I'm going to take mm-hmm. a road squad here, and we're going to rock and roll with uh, the Spartans tonight plus the three.
0: All right, there you go. Uh, Tim Murray at 1. Tim Murray on the X host prime primetime on Vison from 6-9. to nine and uh, gave us a little college basketball on the way out as well. All right, buddy, have a good weekend. Enjoy enjoy the last really big weekend of we football. Of, you know, it's at least more than one game. We anyway. will. All, All right. right, thanks, Scott. All right, talk to you soon. All right, Tim Murray, good enough to give us some time here on the show, as he does each and every Friday throughout the season. All right, um, we're down to two in terms of the coaching biggest. Tim just hit a little bit on the commander situation and the Seahawks situation. We'll get to that coming up next. Uh, as well as dive into some of these NFL award finalists and uh, how painful that is if you're a Commanders fan. <laughs> because there's some painful stuff in here when you really break it down. We'll get to that next. Scott Jackson, Joe Priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. Right, we're brought to you by uh, Larry Kinglaw. Again, thanks to our guy in the desert, Tim Murray. at one Tim Murray on the X if you want to follow him there. Uh, A couple texts before we get to these coaching vacancies. Our guy, Pittsburgh Ross, has checked in. He's saying, go, KC. You didn't think he was going to say, go, Ravens, right? No. (laughs) I mean, he's Pittsburgh Ross. You cannot root for the Ravens. No. Uh, So I'm not surprised by that. Um, Also from the 757, this is a great one from Raider James. A 49ers versus Chiefs Super Bowl would be a nightmare for us Raider fans. We hate them both equally. You always forget about the Bay Area rivalry now because they're in Vegas, but that still lives. That does not go away. And, of course, they hate the Chiefs' guts because that is, you know, one of the great rivalries of all time in the NFL, the Chiefs and the Raiders. All right, our Dominion floor covering uh, poll question of the day, what is your choice for Super Bowl 58? Right now, people liken the newish thing, the Ravens and Lions at 38.8%, followed by the Ravens and 49ers at 32.5%. So there is a lot of Chiefs hate out there. Uh, That Chiefs 49ers is 16.3%, which of course would be a Super Bowl rematch of of a few years back. And the Chiefs Lions uh, is at 12.5%. That's the least liked one. So there you go. But still early. You got time to vote and vote often, I suppose, if you have burner accounts.
2: Wouldn't it be wild, though, if we kicked off the NFL season with Chiefs Lions and ended the NFL season with Chiefs Chiefs Lions?
0: That would be weird, right? That would be what they call... um, those are your bookends. Bookends, yeah. It was like what are those things called that we used to have? <laughs> <When> we <laughs> used to have books. People actually read well, books. Well, people read it, you know, had to read, and you had like encyclopedias. <laughs> and you didn't just go to Wikipedia uh... and all those crazy things. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just seeing now Debo Samuel at practice again, huh? Looks like he'll be good to go Sunday. Official designation comes after practice. This is from the Associated Press yeah, report. Yeah,
2: I've been waiting that one out.
0: Here's the thing: just because he's I mean, I'm kind of surprised to be honest with you, the shoulder injury that he wasn't a full participant all week. They're not tackling, right? No. I mean, they're they're not tackling um, at all. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be a. Uh, it's just you know they they don't they're, they're walkthroughs mainly, but and here's the difference I think this week versus last for the 49ers too. You would actually have had a week to plan without him, whereas last week when it happens in real time, it throw. I mean, it it does throw a wrench into your planning. Or your game, or your, some of your play calling, because I mean, as we've talked about over and over, um, Jennings running a jet sweep versus Debo is a big difference because Jennings gets plowed and he gets taken down, whereas Debo actually runs the guy over.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, earlier in the season, they had several weeks to plan without him, and that no, didn't work him. out too well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it is. There is a thing. I mean, the fact that you know, like just the incomplete running game is down a full yard per carry. The the QBR is down. You know, like so many points for uh, Purdy. I mean, he is. He is the joker uh, for them on, on, the, uh, on the on on the the board, for sure. And it, and it causes teams a lot of stress when Debo Samuel's out there. So if he can get out there, you know, sure they got him a, a real interesting wrap on that shoulder and probably uh, maybe a little pain meds uh, going into it. Who maybe knows? a little bit. May, and then he's got two weeks to get over it again, whatever comes out of it. But there's no way for him not to play violently. I mean, that's just who he is. And that's who they are. All right, so... This is interesting, because right now, if you're scoring at home, if the commanders really want Ben Johnson to pierce, there's nothing in their way. Because to this point, the Seahawks have not spoken to him. Nope. they have, And I don't know if there is a, hey, we'll get you on the side. Because usually, at this point, you would at least talk to a coach one time if you're still in on them. They're talking with Dan Quinn again, which seemed like the layup obvious choice to replace Pete Carroll, but maybe it's not. Um but for whatever reason, the Seahawks seem to be in a holding pattern right now, and maybe again, maybe Mike McDonald is is somebody they would rather talk to at at some point here as well. And again, the Commanders look to have a free run at at um, you know their guy Ben Johnson. If the Seahawks aren't interested or something crazy doesn't happen here in the next few days, where another team suddenly you know suddenly just show up and grab themselves a uh, grab themselves you know. Ben Johnson to try to bring him in, but the uh, the Seahawks again. uh, You know Dan Quinn feels like the guy. Um, I think it was Field Yates of ESPN was on a uh, Seattle station and said on Thursday that he had a good reason uh, to think that Quinn will be the guy. Of course, he was part of the Legion of Boom. Really, well, he was the guy. He was Legion of Boom. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the Legion of Boom. Well, he well Sherman and company, but he was the coordinator. At that time, worked there in 2013-2014 before getting the head coaching job with the Falcons, and it seems like everybody's kind of assuming that's going to happen. And if you look at the other candidates that they've spoken to at this point, uh, it sure, in fact, looks like uh, that could be the way uh, for them as well. Um, There's, again, reasons that the Lions – if the Lions and Ravens go out this weekend – then you're going to see a lot of, hey, you know, Ben Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, uh, potentially getting opportunities if the Seahawks are not done done by then. And with the commanders, they would at least talk to both of them, you would think. Because you don't want to be too obvious, you know, because remember we heard at one point that Ben Johnson had kind of a high number uh, for a first-time head coach. Yes. So maybe the commanders don't want to bid against themselves and they continue to, you know, play out the, play the, out the field, if you will, uh, before, you know, maybe landing on Ben Johnson or starting to negotiate with him with an offer. But there are there, there's still going to be some quality people without work, man. It's not just Belichick either.
2: Yeah, it's not like even if you do wait, which, which these teams are, it's not like you're going to get stuck with somebody. You're going to get a quality coach. Well, at least we hope a quality coach either way. So there's no harm in this particular cycle and waiting because you're right, there are so many good names that are still out there.
0: Yeah, and the the Belichick thing's interesting because um, you know he's the biggest name he's got all the rings and all that stuff but I again fascinated with the rabel maybe he just wasn't all that interested in any of these jobs. I, you know I would love to know how serious he was during these interviews, you know what I mean or how um, how engaged they were with him maybe maybe people realize that because he's the one like again you just say hmm wow I mean I, I could have seen a you know I could have seen something being a good fit for him. Because again, his he's a much younger guy. He's, you know, had a deal with you know front office that isn't always the most supportive. So there's a lot of things you look about him, and got when he got the most out of a team that never had great great quarterback play either. He didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. He had Ryan Tannehill, and he got a lot out of Ryan Tannehill. Frankly, he did a good job. You know, with a pivot. Ryan Tannehill's career appeared to be over when. Um, You know, when he was in Miami, looked like he was going nowhere. After they moved on from you, are like, yeah, this guy ain't going to be a starter anywhere else or anything worth a dang. And here he is, outlast that entire first round class of the 2012 season. Of course, Kirk Cousins is also from that 2012 class, and Russell Wilson as well. But they were were not first rounders.
2: It's just interesting too that maybe Mike Vrabel was kind of like a Jim Harbaugh, where well, we assumed what Jim Harbaugh did and said, look. I'm interested in this job, this job, or maybe this job. And if those aren't available anymore, if I don't get these, then I just – why would I rush it? Why, yeah. why won't I just wait till the next cycle?
0: And one of our texters put it in, in print the other day or just typed it for us. And it's true. There is going to be a list of really good potential jobs opening this next offseason. Oh, yeah. I mean, some big names, franchises, potentially. Potentially, again, if things don't improve in Philly, New York, Dallas – you know, their coach is going on a final year of a contract. He's going to have to play out his final year of his contract.
2: you got to throw the Bears in there, too, Bears, because if they yep. draft Caleb Williams like we think they're going to, yeah. and eberflus can't get it done, I mean, automatically you you got the number one pick in the draft that you could go to right there. So that could be an attractive job as
0: well. alright four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Uh, again, earlier, if you missed it in the first hour, we were asking folks the team you absolutely hate the most that's still playing among these four teams, so player hate his ball if you will team you just cannot stand to see hold up the Lombardi trophy. who are you rooting against if you're not if you don't have a team in the race you know because there's a lot of us there's more of us out than are in right now with uh, thirty two teams and only four left uh, so seven five seven six eight seven ninety four nine four if you want to hit us up Ballyhoose phone line. Or the uh, text line as well. We do have Brooks and Dunn tickets to give away today, correct? Correct. I, as we I say do. that out loud and look at you like, oh, crap. We absolutely to that? do. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yeah, we have Brooks and Dunn tickets, question mark. Yes, I did know this because I asked Joe, our, our very uh, our very much in charge promotions guy yesterday, and he told me, yes, we do it through Friday. So, Brooks and Dunn's Reboot 2024 Tour. Special guests, David Lee Murphy and Ernest, if you haven't been paying attention this week, that show is June 14th, and tickets went on sale this morning. So, um You know, you still have a chance, assuming it's not sold out, at Veterans United Home Loans Amphitheater, but you'll have a chance to win a pair later on in the program, so be listening for that. Uh, 757-687-9494. When I tell you to call, you better be ready for it. All right, we'll talk Ravens side of things. Jerry Coleman at five. Mark Andrews back. That's huge, certainly for them. uh, Marlon Humphrey appears to be healthy to go. That's also big for them. And uh, what are the weaknesses of the Ravens? I'm not sure I know them. Uh, so we'll ask that when Jerry joins us as well. And we will get a Harbaugh update. Like, what is Jim going to wear? I mean, what, what is the expectation? Will Jim Harbaugh be showing up? Will he be shirtless like Jason Kelsey and uh, pushing his chest up against the, against the glass? Wouldn't that be something? It's supposed to be very nice in Baltimore this weekend for this time of year, too. Uh, so we'll get to that coming up next. Uh, the NFL award finalists and why this makes you even sadder if you're a Commanders fan sitting here waiting for your coach thinking about a horrendous three and was it a three and 14 season what was the season that we just had
2: oh do i have to relive it <laughs> four and thirteen. Oh, four and
0: 13 my bad how did we ever win four how did we ever win four well, it was a hot start <laughs> was that from how would we ever win that was is that major league or is that uh that might be bull Durham. how <laughs> do we ever win anyway you get the point it was a terrible uh-huh. season yeah. um a little salt in the wound next with the NFL awards. Scott Jackson, Joe priority on sports radio ninety four point one. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. James him as your sports center. All right, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, Ravens Chiefs. Top of the hour, Jerry Coleman will join us at that point. All right, seven five That four ninety four. That is the Ballyhoo's phone line, uh, text line, same number. Let's talk to CJ in Newport News. Got us his most uh, hated team that's left in this uh, tournament. What's up, CJ?
3: Hey, what's going on, Scott, man? Big fan of the show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to have to say two teams for real. Okay. You know, Kansas City Chiefs, I'm sick of them, man. It's like they there every year. They like a, a zit that keeps popping up every year at the same time. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I think that the 49ers are kind of like overrated, man. Because when the last time they ever won one? But they always there in the end. And That's this true. year, I think if Baltimore make the Super Bowl, they're gonna take care of
0: it. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the Niners, as we saw last time, they were, you know, in the Super Bowl against the Ravens, lost that game. Of course, the loss to. Uh, to the Chiefs already before. So, I mean, either way, if they get, they're going to exercise demons potentially or an opportunity to exercise demons against a team that's already beaten them in, the, in a Super Bowl since their last Super Bowl win. But you're right. I mean, you got to go back to Steve Young, you know, get the hey, get the monkey off my back. Remember that whole thing against the Chargers for their Super Bowl win, which is wild to think because we just, I don't know, it just feels like they're there all the time, right? Because they've been to the 19 exactly. championship games, but, but you're correct. I mean, it has actually been... You know, we're looking at the 90s since the last time they actually won the Super Bowl. So it has been a long, long stretch. Uh, But they've, uh, you know, they've had some of the best rosters, certainly, over the last bunch of years, uh, year in and year out. They just
3: can't put it over the top, Scott. They can't get it over the top. And it seems like every year, playoffs, the injury bug come by. Last year was the quarterbacks, this year is Debo. And we all know as Debo go, they go.
0: Yeah, if Debo's not playing in this game. I don't, I don't, I don't like that at all for them. It sounds like he's going to play, but here's the question: How long does he play, and can he stay out there? And you know what is effectiveness and all that? And you know, look, De- Detroit's. Their defense is not their strength, clearly. But offensively, they can do some of the stuff the 49ers do. They certainly can run it as well, if not better than the Packers, for goodness sakes. I mean, they're a much better running team than the Packers were. And the Packers ran all over this 49er defense last week, which I don't think was a very positive sign. And, you know, Jared Goff, very familiar with with facing a Niners defense, I think, which helps him. Uh, we'll see what the brilliant Ben has ready <laughs> as well. But I, I just worry about their defense, you know, and I, I, I do feel like this is one of those games where if you're Detroit and you can, you know, you, you can play with a lead, it'd be helpful because I think that's where their defense is best, where they can kind of tee off a little bit more, um, you know. Yeah, they, they able...
3: Hutchinson go. Yep. And let they they kind of need a, a, a rusher offset of him. You know, no because doubt. yeah, they still it need ain't to build. If they him getting pressure, yeah. I don't see nobody from Detroit.
0: Yeah, that's the problem they they've they had a they've had to really lean into the blitz a lot. But boy, Aiden yeah, Hutchinson's true. had a heck of a finish to the season. He's been really lights out. All right, CJ, good stuff, what. man. I appreciate you calling. Thanks for uh, joining us. Be sure to do it again. I
3: appreciate it, Scott. Have a good one, dog. You too, man.
0: All right, so guys, CJ, Newport news. All right, Ballyhoo's phone line, like CJ did seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Most hated team left in the postseason. All right, let's get to this. Before we get to the thing that's going to trigger all the Commanders fans, let me just let me just work my way down the list here, okay? So the NFL does the award show now, as everybody probably knows by now. I think it's 13 years in the making, right? This will be the 13th season of the uh, NFL Honor Ceremony, uh, which will happen this year on, uh, on the telly after the season's over. By the way, did you notice there's a typo in the NFL Network's release the other day? I did. Yeah. It says the award show will be on February 8th, 2023. Well, I hope not, because we'll all have to get there's? in a damn time machine to see it.
2: <laughs> I just sold my DeLorean, too, yeah, of course. Yeah, too bad. And, and guess what?
0: Good news, James. It's going to not only air on CBS and NFL Network, but also on Paramount Plus, Paramount Plus and NFL and NFL Plus. So, well, I
2: know how you're going to be watching it then.
0: Yes, you know how I love to stream. All right. So, AP Most Valuable Player, it's a who's who of most valuable player candidates. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Winner. Uh Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. Those are your five finalists, okay? So, Mister Irrelevant and his running back, and the and then of course the three quarterbacks, the three other quarterbacks that actually have a chance to win it. I, I think it's a Lamar Jackson award. I'd be surprised if anybody else won it. Um, AP Defensive Player of the Year: Deron Bland of the Cowboys, a cornerback who took every interception back for a touchdown or got toasted. Uh, Max Crosby for the Raiders, defensive end. Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns. Micah Parsons, Cowboys. T.J. Watt. Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I can hear people screaming at the radio right now. I'm just going to explain. This is a regular season award. Yes. Before you crush the Cowboy players. Okay. I'm just pointing that out. Um, Of course, Miles Garrett and the the Browns were excellent at home this year. They were terrible on on the road. Parsons had some big numbers. Crosby was really good. The Raiders just weren't all that good uh, this year. That's going to be an interesting one. TJ Watt, always great. Um, Unfortunately, got hurt for the Steelers, you know, going into the postseason. Uh, which kind of really hurt their chances to pull off an upset. I think that's a tough vote, actually.
2: Yeah, that one's the one that's got my attention the most. That one I think is the closest of all of them.
0: Again, if you ask executives around the league consistently, Miles Garrett is the guy they they talk about Mm -hmm. consistently. And I know that pisses the Steeler fans off and the Cowboy fans, but that's who they do talk about the most. So just putting that information out there, I don't know, and I don't vote on either of these things. All right, AP Offensive Player of the Year. Tyree killed the Dolphins, who did not make the MVP final ballot, which is interesting. Uh, Lamar Jackson, CeeDee Lamb, Christian McCaffrey again, and Dak Prescott again. So basically, three of the five guys that are an MVP finalist are also player of the year finalists.
2: You're going to trigger Cowboys fans. I know. For all the wrong reasons. I know. They've
0: got all these finalists, these awards, and they were one and done on the home field. Just saying. All right, AP offensive. Speaking of triggering, Commanders fans, get ready for your bones to be triggered. All right, AP offensive rookie of the year: Jameer Gibbs, Lions; Sam Laporta, Lions; Puka Nakua, Rams; Bijan Robinson, Falcons; and CJ Stroud, Houston Texans. Oof. Stroud or Puka? I think I think Stroud has to win it though. It's so much harder. Yeah, to Stroud be a has to win it. as a rookie, and yeah. he he kind of slayed the Ohio State dragon uh, feelings. All right, defensive rookie of the year. Here, Here's where the commander yep, fan. this is the one. If you have a Commanders fan near you, you might want to hold them. Willie Anderson, defensive end. Jalen Carter, uh, defensive tackle. <sighs> I'm having a hard time coming out. Joey Porter, Jr., Pittsburgh Steelers cornerback, who was picked well after Emmanuel Forbes. Uh-huh. Kobe Turner, uh, Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle. And Devon Witherspoon, who everybody knew was the top corner in the draft for the Seahawks. He was tremendous. I might add Christian Gonzalez might have been on this list had he not been injured. I would say that's probably true. Yes. Yeah, so if you're scoring at home, there were two to three better corners, at least for their initial rookie season. And your whole career is not your rookie year. I understand that. But the mismanagement of one Emmanuel Forbes in year one, hopefully that's all it was. Hopefully we're not saying a year from now. No, I wouldn't mismanagement. This dude just can't play in the NFL. We'll, yeah.
2: we'll find out when that new coach gets in there. We'll know for sure because they will have no feelings towards the manual for whatsoever.
0: All right, AP comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, DeMar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, Tua Tungabailoa. I'm not sure what Tua's coming back from except being inconsistent. But anyway, Stafford had injuries. Mayfield was pretty much dead and gone in terms of being a starting quarterback. I get that. And literally, DeMar Hamlin was almost dead. I mean, literally his heart stopped on the field. So I think he'll probably win this award. And Joe Flacco's career was over as well, it felt like. And then he came back and played a part of the season, not the full season. Now, he was very good. Don't get me wrong. But I I think that's probably a stretch to have Joe eligible amongst these other guys. Yeah. All right. Coach of the year, Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin Stefanski. Wow. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of them. I would say Shanahan would probably be eliminated because his roster was so good going into the year. Yeah, he was expected to do it. But there's something to be said for being a front runner. I mean, Andy Reeves not on this list uh, and he's never, it feels like, considered as a coach of the year. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's I never in a million years thought the Texans would make the playoffs. No, um, never in a million years. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback. I mean, Dan Campbell, again, great turnaround, but it felt like they were going to be really good this year because of the way they finished last year. Stepansky so had to play with four quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, and not just the quarterbacks, running backs that yep. constantly kept going down. He yep. had injuries all over the defense as well. And somehow, some way, they won double digit games. That to me, to, to me, the job that he was able to do, yeah, that that was incredible. And you can't go wrong with a lot of these guys. A great right?
0: coach, but every year they're good. And they, you know, he finally had Lamar for the full season in yeah. a while, which yeah. was a huge part of it. I would say this is a stefanski Domico, Ryan's battle. Uh, to me. All right. AP assistant coach of the year, the bell of the balls. I've discussed as if I called him now, uh, Ben Johnson, uh, Detroit lions, OC, Mike McDonald, Ravens, DC who has been amazing. Todd Munkin, Baltimore's OC, uh, Jim Schwartz, Browns, DC, but again, terrible on the road. Mm-hmm. Bobby Slowick, Texans, OC. I mean, you could go a lot of ways on this one. Yeah, you could. <sighs> I, I mean, I, I'd say McDonald or Johnson probably jump out to me the most. But kind of like what Munkin did with this Ravens offense to kind of modernize it a little bit more with the passing game.
2: But then you look at Bobby Slowick and what he was yeah. able to do with C.J. Stroud, and not to mention Tank Dell, Nico Collins, and those guys emerging in that offense. And Devin Singletary. He fixed Devin Singletary. He, he Singletary never realized his potential in Buffalo. He comes to the Texans, and he looks like he's all world out there and actually replaced their starter Damian Pierce because he was so good so i i don't think you can fully discount slowick on this but I, i'm i'm with you i think that it's either it's going to be either johnson or mcdonald
0: so this dolphin fan is telling me that Tua uh did he almost retire
2: is it because of the concussions, concussions? is that what we're going I don't with?
0: Remember. says he well i guess he said in an interview last year almost considers retirement for the first time for a time for a time he said he considered retirement for a time after the concussion late in 2022 season. Okay, I'm seeing that now. Even still. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> I never talked. I mean, was it ever serious that he was going to? I mean, you think about it. I'm sure everybody thinks about it at some point, right? I don't know. Yeah, he had a good year. But at the end of the year, the wheels fell off a little bit, too. The the wheels fell off. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry, Sorry, Tua. Yes, there's others more deserving. And again, I think this, this award has already had the engraver Uh, as soon as Lamar Hamlin uh, made the Bills team this year. Oh, absolutely. I think this was engraved a Uh long time ago. All right, 757 687 ninety four. All right, I got some texts to get to. Again, keep them coming. Haters Ball team, you cannot stand to see win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, or be in the, you know win it all this year. Let me know uh, who are the, what is the Super Bowl you prefer. We'll get back to those numbers on the uh, text line as well, or excuse me on the uh, on the Twitter on the X. Uh, we get back as well. Scott Jackson, show priority auto sports radio ninety four point one. Brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Coming up at the uh, top of the hour, we'll check in on the Ravens from today. Jerry Coleman, Ravens will be with us. Reporter uh, coming up at the top of the hour via the Ballyhoose phone line all right Andrew Brandt um just tweeted this uh I guess it was this morning and you know we're talking about Belichick the other day and um you know Pete Carroll I guess you could throw in there as well um saying that the one reason the, the the reason no one is hiring I should say Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll seems to be the same reason the team's parted ways with them wanting new and younger fresh faces leading their teams into the future and I also understand from the Belichick st- side of it, there was a story today that, again, he didn't like the structure of uh, the situation in Atlanta, and he wanted it you know one way, and they didn't want to do it that way, and here we are. So, Which is interesting,
2: because I think it was Ian Rappaport earlier today said that the structure now in Atlanta is going to be that Terry Fontenot right. and Raheem Morris are going to report right to Arthur Blank and bypass CEO Rich McKay, which I think is interesting. Because what exactly is it that you do here, Rich?
0: Yeah, well, I guess he's the business side of the guy uh, side now these days. And he's also the head of the competition committee. So I think this this Fontenot thing, though, is probably what was just as much of a detriment to Belichick as well as he didn't want to work with him. And again, as we've discussed over and over when we started projecting places for him, the problem is, again, yes, age, number one. But once he leaves, as we've seen, it's a very specific way they try to do things, or he tries to do things, I should say. And he's gonna bring that specific kind of player in. Then what do you do? You know, like do you just gut out your whole roster? Do you get change philosophies completely? Obviously, New England, they're trying to do a hybrid model, right? Like they're like, No, we have Gerard Mayo who knows what the Patriot way is, you know, which is really Belichick's way. Let's be honest. And yeah. he's gonna do it some of this, but he's gonna modernize it, right? Like he's gonna he's gonna do it his way. So we'll see how it works for New England. And maybe that will make teams more interested in Bill. I I don't know if it works well next year. Maybe not. I mean, again, he didn't always, here's the other thing. He didn't make a lot of friends. I mean, outside of Nick Saban, that's very true. Outside of Nick Saban. Very true. Didn't have like a lot of real close friends. Did he? I mean, he didn't come off to me as like real friendly guy. You know what I mean? And look, I, I, he was hell of a coach, no question. But he didn't didn't seem like he had a whole lot of friends with the league, and you know, the league was kind of always he was always in the crosshairs of you know of Goodell and everybody else. I mean, there was just a lot going on there constantly. So, anyway, not going to be this cycle. That's unless again something shocking happens. But next cycle might be a lot better.
2: But that's the weird part about it is that if the age thing is a thing, he's not going to get any younger next year. Right. So what do you right. do?
0: right no doubt uh i guess you'd give him a cognitive test i don't know i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey look man we all hope to be getting older right i mean was this t- text with a guy about how i'm forgetting things and he's he was laughing he said this beats the alternative exactly that yeah, does uh but again there's a guy I, if you watch the patriots this year with as little talent as they had and that's his fault too right let's not not acquitting him of that it was a lot of that is his fault like all of it <laughs> they did have some Really good weeks of game planning on teams to like shut some really quality teams' offenses down but on the defensive did. side. I think he's still got a lot to add in regards to that. All right, okay. Got a good question here from a uh, Commanders fan. Val and Northern next is this Scott question. Any concern that Johnson is not a hot candidate? Question mark. If nobody else was willing to wait to interview, have the opportunity to hire him, is that a red flag? I'm optimistic and hopeful, but hope that's not the case. Here, here's my theory on that. I think he was or is, was a hot candidate that wasn't uh, the case. It's just that he, I think, let it be known where his interest was. And I think that team is um, the front runner and has been for a while here, but they can't do anything about it because of the way the rules are set up. And I think it's Washington. So I think that's probably more to it than anything else, but maybe not. And there are, by the way, zero guarantees of any of these guys outside of Jim Harbaugh are going to be anything I mean, we're talking brand new coaches, right? Like brand yeah. new coaches. Raheem Morris was a head coach, but it's been a long time. But all of them, there, there's very much a uncertainty with.
2: Yeah, and there's no guarantees with Raheem Morris either. No, because he, you know, he there's wasn't not. super successful the first time around. I mean, he did pretty well, and he's well respected. And you know, maybe he's learned a, a few. He was really young at the time. Maybe he's learned a few things. But a lot of these other guys are really young too. So do like you have really young? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have yourself a Raheem Morris? in some of these guys that are being hired where yeah they might you know they might be very good coaches but maybe it's just too early for them to be run on the whole show because that's the that's the big one that you and you've pointed that out many times is that are you ready to run the entire team and you can't know that about any of these guys and even they can't really know that right. until you're in that
0: situation exactly and then To be self-aware enough to know, like, okay, I'm not, you know, the most demonstrative guy. I'm not going to be great with the with the pregame huddle. Maybe you know, and bring somebody like that as one of your coordinators, right? Like, I got a rah rah defensive coordinator. If I'm with these offensive whiz kids, it's so caught up in my play sheet that I can't do it. I mean, Andy Reid never came off to me as like this ass kicker, uh, what have you. But but look, he could he could raise his base when he needed to. Um, A lot a lot of the guys you know are like that, and you know, there is. There is a lot of, you know, this, hey, you know, this guy is going to be great because this, that, or the other. But, again, the ability to put staff together is huge. Of course, getting the right players, <laughs> having the quarterback is the bigger issue here. And, you know, how flexible can you be when, when your plan doesn't work? Like Joe Gibbs came into the league, you know, came over to the, to the Redskins in 82 thinking, he or 81 thinking he was going to throw the ball over the field. Well, he started 0-5, and he's like, well, crap. This yeah. isn't working in the NFC East. Mm-mm. A better better pivot here and." Started and start doing different things differently, and he did. So he changed the way he ran his, his football team, and the way his philosophy uh, changed. Not to say they didn't have really good passing teams over the years, but he realized, you know, I better lean into the running game. So,
2: well, then you get the personnel to do what you want to do over right. time, which right. is what he did. But sure. he knew when he got there, he figured out when he got there, he didn't have those guys.
0: No. But they tried to play it that way for a while, and it didn't. Wasn't pretty. Remember, Dan Campbell had a horrific start in Detroit. too. He did. He did. I mean, to be honest. Whoever takes over Washington's not really going to be set up to roll out of the gates unless they do some drastic at quarterback that we don't see coming. I mean, they're probably starting a rookie quarterback or a damaged Sam Howell as uh, your alternative, I guess. So and I'm more likely a rookie quarterback. There's a very small percentage chance. Ooh, there's going
2: to be a veteran in there too, though. You got to think, right? Right,
0: but I would imagine they'll roll the season out with the, the, the rookie. But you never know. I mean, hey, we could all be we all be uh, fooled by it all. Uh, Brace from the 757 says, "I want Kansas City." Uh, the Kelsey family, Campbell, Chunky Sue, Pop Stars, Pfizer, being shirtless and chest hair, all to lose this weekend. <laughs> so not wow. a Kansas City fan. Uh, at all clearly not not a Kansas City fan, not a fan of chest
2: hair either barely. yeah no
0: chest hair either all right that's funny all right ninety94 ninety94 get back to some of these again the team you absolutely hate on this weekend that you do not want to see kissing that Lombardi trophy here in a couple weeks um have at it 757-687-9494 text line uh the Ballyhoo's phone line we'll get to some calls after we get to Jerry Coleman, don't forget we have Brooks and Dunn tickets, the Reboot tour 2024 still to give away between now and 7 o'clock quitting time. Uh, we'll get to the Ravens, Chiefs on the other side, and also the NFC title game matchups in the uh, 5 o'clock hour as well. All right, Scott Jackson, your priority on Sports Radio 94.1. James Witham has your Sports Center.